Hi, I'm Babs Weber, and welcome to Paused at Home, an Alberta Social Innovation Connect podcast. We hope you've been enjoying the thought-provoking conversations the past few months about the big questions that are on people's mind through the COVID-19 pandemic as it relates to systems change. If the conversation sparks new thoughts for you, please share in the comments of your favorite listening platform and let us know what you think. On today's episode, we have Meredith Parrich joining us from Momentum. Momentum is a community economic development organization that uses economic approaches to alleviate poverty in Calgary. Meredith's question is a two-part question, two sides to one coin, one side being negative and the other being positive. On the one hand, the pandemic has created incredible demonstrations of collaboration and innovation. But on the other hand, it's also highlighted a lot of inequity, where we're seeing that our systems really aren't set up to support everyone. Hear her thoughts on this two-part question with host Elise Martinowski. Okay, lovely. Thank you for being here, Meredith, and chatting with me today on Pause at Home. I'm looking forward to the conversations that we're going to have today around the fractures that we've seen in our system, the vulnerabilities through the COVID pandemic and the economy, as well as where we're headed in the future and what things might be able to take there. So before we get started into the questions, could you introduce yourself along with what you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, So thank you so much for having me, first of all. (laughs) Um, My name is Meredith and I work with Momentum uh, here in Calgary. And so for anyone who doesn't know, Momentum is a community economic development organization uh, that uses economic approaches to alleviate poverty in Calgary. And so we believe that every person should have access and be able to participate uh, fully in the economy and work towards achieving that. And so as you can imagine, uh, that work sort of necessitates a number of uh, very broad and different approaches in order to be effective. Uh, So that's working not only with people who are experiencing poverty, uh, which is a large body of work at Momentum in and of itself, but also with uh, policymakers, community champions, and businesses too. Um, And so the work I do specifically fits into sort of that second category. Uh, We operate a network of community-focused businesses called the Be Local Network, uh, offer training programs for individuals looking to develop uh, socially minded local businesses uh, and work at a systems level to really create the environment uh, for these activities to be successful. Uh, and so the rationale behind that work um, is the understanding that, uh, of course, if we're able to create the conditions for an inclusive economy by uh, sort of supporting and furthering the work of others who care about the same things that we do, Uh, will ultimately be further ahead uh, in our mission. Amazing. Thank you for being here. And so with everything changing and happening just on a daily basis, things are so rapid right now, it leads to lots of big questions and thoughts on our mind. And if you'd like to share the first part of your question, that would be lovely. And I do know that it is about the economy and it makes sense paired with what you do for work. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned before, it's sort of a like this two part question uh, that I hold. So, the first part being uh, sort of reflecting on what uh, COVID 19 has sort of revealed about the economy so far. 
And so um, I think uh, in terms of this question, there have been some really just incredible demonstrations of uh, collaboration and innovation uh, during this pandemic. But it's also highlighted a lot of, uh, of course, inequality um, or inequity where our systems really aren't uh, set up to support uh, everyone. And so there's sort of that positive and that um, negative that I'm thinking through right now. And so on that first part, um, you know, as stewards of the Be Local Network, uh, we've witnessed businesses uh, collaborating in some really innovative uh, and bold ways. Uh, and uh, funnily enough, I truly do uh, credit the pandemic, actually, for providing uh, sort of the disruption <laughs> to make that possible. There's like no rule book, as they say, for operating a business during a pandemic. And I think that's really meant uh, that businesses are able to uh, really show up for each other in a different way than previously. Um, and so I actually, I think the Allium was a previous guest of this podcast. And so um, I'll maybe use the Allium as an example, has been collaborating with a number of other businesses and organizations uh, in our network, uh, Generous Solutions, Huddle uh, Up for Suicide Prevention, as well as a number of local um farm and food suppliers uh, to offer a virtual uh, live cooking class. Uh, we've had so many businesses in our network offer up their uh, like warehousing space or like restaurant space, for example, uh, and to share resources with one another. Uh, we host networking events and have just these really wonderful large uh, groups show up for these uh, sort of collaborative networking conversations. And so we've been able to support these kind of um, conversations and collaborations in really expedited uh, and intensive ways. It's really quite different than um, before. Yeah, I'd say in that way, uh, it's also affected us in our own work um, in that we're able to consider opportunities to lend this kind of tangible support uh, that just really wasn't part of our work before. Uh, so I'll give, uh, we launched the Be Local Store, for example. So this sort of came out of a recognition that many businesses were struggling with the need to sort of get online quickly amidst the pandemic and dealing with lots of overhead and figuring out, you know, the logistics of a delivery system. Uh, and so we thought, okay, why don't we create a marketplace where customers can sort of access products across local businesses uh, a number of local businesses and one sort of simple transaction and then businesses can access multiple customers uh, with only sort of one drop off and delivery per week. And we sort of uh, centralize uh, the rest of uh, that for them. And so, yeah, there's sort of great learning there, obviously, and like how we're flexing our muscles and um, engaging and supporting the local economy and observing uh, sort of how collaborative and open businesses have been. Mm -hmm. I made a comment about that actually in a, just in a recent episode, don't remember a few back now about how I started seeing a shift to local practices. Like a lot of people I follow on social media, supporting local more often, or at least showing that they're supporting local more often, which I love to see. And I also love that you brought in the piece of how the the different local organizations are helping each other out because we are coming back to this sense of community during the pandemic. And that's an opportunity that we might not have had without the pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really awesome. And yeah, just lovely to observe um, in the Be Local network. Um, you know, it's a, a values-based business network. And so, um, you know, the network comes together with this understanding that we have these shared uh, values and understanding of collaboration and reciprocity and, uh, you know, what uh, sort of sustainable communities look like. And so it's really been really wonderful to see businesses sort of acting out those those values during this time. 
so these are all sort of like uh, positive reflections that we've uh, had in engaging in the local economy during this time. But there's also uh, sort of this other piece of um, unveiling um, inequity. Um, and so what we observe uh, really is that those who are more vulnerable economically are also um, or have been sort of disproportionately negatively affected by COVID-19. I've been challenging myself to think about, uh, you know, how do we make the economic system more robust so that everyone can withstand um, these shocks when they occur. And so now that we've kind of tied up that piece around how it's showing the cracks in the economy, should we jump forward to how are we going to keep, um, keep the good things that have been happening throughout the pandemic moving forward and also address the, the vulnerabilities that have become present as well? Mm-hmm. So then looking forward, like I mentioned, the question I'm sort of uh, sitting with is, can we use some of these uh, lessons or observations to shape the way uh, that we really like emerge from this? Um, and I think part of it requires a letting go of this notion of when things go back to normal, is <laughs> a phrase you sometimes hear, right? Uh, and instead being willing to dominate a discussion with a new narrative uh, that asks, uh, what do we want our new normal to look like? Um, and so uh, just recognizing that business models have changed, uh, our entire economic climate has changed. And so, yeah, I suppose I just really hope uh, that we're able to look at this with sort of a, a fresh perspective uh, that is okay with a future that doesn't look like the past. And so I think that's one piece of it. Uh, and I think that is happening to some extent. For example, as I was uh, mentioning to you uh, before, I've been um, really quite excited uh, by how discussions of universal basic income have been making their way into sort of the mainstream, uh, just as an indicator even that people are understanding a need for a more socially robust uh, economy. And I've spoken to some business owners in the network who have completely changed their business models uh, during this very short time period uh, and really take the perspective that, uh, you know, this is their new business model and they're not going back. Then, of course, there are others that sort of can't wait to go uh, back to normal, in quotes, uh, as they say. And so, um, yeah, like I said, the question I'm just sort of holding is how can we continue these collaborations and innovations and continue the conversations that are sort of critically examining the cracks in our system so that we can all come out stronger? Yeah, you bring in a very neat point there of how do we balance the two of, well, quote unquote, getting back to normal in the, like the good things that used to be our normal, but then how do we, how do we move to a new system that is supporting people and organizations and things that weren't supported before the pandemic. So it's like this strange balance of like, we need to fix a lot of these vulnerabilities, but we also still want to be able to do some of the things. And yeah, it's definitely this interesting teeter-totter I picture it as. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In terms of looking forward, you know, I hold these questions, um, but then have to ask myself, okay, like how, how do we make these things possible or re mm -hmm. reality? And so I know I certainly have a, a desire for this sort of new and improved economic system coming out of a pandemic. And I think it is possible. I think, for example, there are ways that public policy can support in terms of uh, supporting the social or the local economy, um, supporting local procurement and procurement from you know, marginalized groups and um, Black, Indigenous, people of color, for example. 
I think there are ways that businesses can continue these conversations. And I think that individuals can also make really powerful change simply by, you know, where they choose to spend and save and those um, sort of small choices that we make every day. And so, yeah, I'm just sort of um, challenging myself, I suppose, now to um, dive into each one of those things a little bit more and understand, like, what are the, the tangible actions that we take in each of those areas to move this forward. Um, and also interested to understand more about uh, sort of what's happening in the ecosystem to further these conversations as well. Yeah, good point. We've been talking about all these big questions, but not the like, what comes after this? Like, how do we actually do this and move it forward? And yeah, and not yeah. back into old practices. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, that's where we can really um, start seeing some like lasting change um, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope we do see some change come from this. I'm, I'm thinking we will, and I'm hopeful we will. And I guess we'll have to well, not just wait and see, make the action so that it happens. Yeah. We'll know what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of, one of the things that I wanted to, to bring back up, because I just loved it, you said we need to make the economic system more robust and start looking at it in different ways and, and fixing these vulnerabilities that we're seeing. Um, and you also brought up the point that the pandemic has had two sides to the coin. It's like, here's the... Um, positive things that have come from it, like you said, this collaboration, bringing back to community, and then also these negative things that it's hit a lot of communities harder than some. And it's showing us, yeah, we need to start doing something about that. And not, not sorry, not that we haven't seen that before, but I think maybe it's been the fire underneath of a lot of people to start getting those things really moving into practice. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, The example that comes to mind for me when we're thinking about that is, uh, sort of the effects of COVID in some of these packing facilities, for example, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we then uh, should question, like, what are the demographics that are primarily working in these conditions and questioning if that plays a role in how we've responded um, or the working conditions that they're they're in that allows this to happen, right? And then also asking ourselves, okay, well, what are the supports in place that... Um, yeah, allow us to support people through that. Or I think about, you know, people in care facilities, for example, um, who are perhaps more vulnerable and who are also more vulnerable to the pandemic. Um, And how do we really tip the scales a little bit so that they're um, treated more equitably during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, during and then even, like you said, afterwards, Mm -hmm. once we roll out of the pandemic, hopefully we roll out. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just changing those systems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for, for sharing the thoughts that are on your mind and the questions you're sitting with and the actionable items moving forward of how to keep the questions, questions going. Oh, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Anytime. Come back. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pause. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge that the homes we live in, and now work and record podcasts from, are situated on lands that were, until relatively recently, used and cared for exclusively by Indigenous peoples. We acknowledge the past, present, and future generations of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, 
who have traditionally gathered in and cared for our land. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by sharing it with a friend and rating us on your favorite listening platform. We'd also love to feature your big question on a future episode. Find us at abseconnect.ca slash get hyphen involved for more information on how to be a guest. We'd like to thank our funding partner, the Suncor Energy Foundation, producer and editor Elise Martinowski of Absey Connect, and theme music creator Eilie Aurora. Have a fantastic rest of your day.